Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. I'm Matthew. And I'm Scarlett. And I am Ryan. Uh, we definitely appreciate any feedback and any participate audience participation. Um, easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hobpodcast.net. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable. And you can find me on Instagram at Colonel Tux. That's K-E-R-N-E-L underscore T-U-X. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at H-O-V podcast. Uh, you can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady. That's T H E F U C H I A L A D Y. You can also reach us through email at our email address at hovpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 231 846 8420. And you can also find me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And we are coming to you today from. Brain freeze studio. Yeah, we yeah we we certainly had a number of brain freezes kind of prepping for this thing. But anyway, (laughs) I do want to give some uh, programming up updates. Um, Our the if if you had subscribed to us on TuneIn or Google Play, um, first off, I apologize (laughs) because uh, the um, the it. If if you're subscribed on there, you weren't necessarily given up 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 to date information. So um, I've been in conversations with both. Um, t- as far as I know, T- TuneIn has up updated to our current uh, co- cover art and our current RSS feed, and they um, they were missing missing some uh, some ep- episodes. So you know th- those were the issues I was trying to rectify. And the redirect that I put in place in our previous RSS feed apparently didn't work with Google Play, um, because they they were still showing the information from our pre- that wasn't updated, and again was showing our old logo. So I, I've uh, re- resubmitted with our current RSS feed, so um, it's currently under review. So hope. Um, Hopefully get that rectified uh, sooner rather than later, and um, and uh, then um, Scarlet uh, kind of came came with the news of that Luke Skywalker's a father. What what what's going on here? No, it's impossible. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came across the story about um, when they were doing the novelization of the Last Jedi. Um, some of it had been leaked, I guess, and there were some people who were saying that Luke Skywalker's a father because they only read the first sentence of the novelization. If they had read even the first page or two or the chapter, they would realize it was all a flashback uh, scene. So, 
Anyway. So so it was like in Third Rock from the Sun with uh, the uh, the Dick 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 yes Dick open op- <laughs> thank you <laughs> Dick op- opened I forget which novel it was but his first sentence was it was the best of times it was worst of times and I'm not I'm not reading 500 pages if he can't make his film not make up his own mind in the first sentence and that's a shame because Tale of Two Cities Tale of Two Cities is, is a fantastic book. <laughs> But to to me, it sounds like it's akin to that, just not as funny. <laughs> well, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> well, what cracks me up is that the people who would actually read the novelization would probably be really... I don't want to say rabid, but they would definitely be... They would be... Um, Very passionate. Uh, very um, zealous. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Pedantic. Big fans. <laughs> well, I don't even know the word I'm trying to find, but the big they would be. These are fans, and yet they jump to conclusions. So I just find that interesting. They're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We well, say that I'm with a nerd, love. but I yeah. would jump to that conclusion. We I would say go. That with love. Okay, what the fuck is this? And then I would read it a little further before I pass judgment. It's like, oh, clearly this is a dream. <laughs> From a certain point of view. <laughs> clearly this was not in the film. What the fuck? No, and then you no, read on, you know. So Yeah. I mean yeah. in yeah. The Last Jedi, they never were on Tatooine. Spoilers. <laughs> now, By now, the way. In- there could be some deleted scene we don't know about. But it wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just saying. And <laughs> so, and then you, you also had, um, had, uh, you, yeah. <laughs> Edit. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> That's not what I, stop. <laughs> That's not what I meant meant to do. I meant <laughs> technical issues. So, okay, <laughs> but can we don't... leave that in there? No. <laughs> hey, why, why not? Why not? It's in there now, so you know, screw it. <laughs> but you know, you also um, were tri- triggered by uh, an article um, involving dog food. Yeah, I don't even have a dog. Let's establish that. Um... Peter and I have a cat, and she had gotten. We think she got salmonella because she got really sick. Um, she like doesn't care days. for salmon. No. You're such a, you're such a nerd. You know that, <laughs> <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> I know. So he's a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, not of animals, he's not. But you know, no, I am not a pet person. But I, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not going to keep other people from having a pet uh, if they want anyway. one. <laughs> I just don't want one. Well, there's a lot of you know. There's a lot to. There's a lot of work that goes into it. it Peter and I always say that it's our non-human child, um, because it is, and she has the brain of a toddler, according to. Specialists say that cats think like two and three year olds. Um, dogs are actually more intelligent. That's what the, some people say. Some people say that. Uh, but anyway, so my cat had gotten sick, and I'm watching the news, and it was the Smuckers 
company that owns several brands of dog food. And they put penobarbital, which is what they use for euthanasia, and uh, they said they, they put this an acceptable amount in the dog food. But it's Smucker's. It has to be good. No. Oh. <laughs> it was making... Um, we're going to ignore that <laughs> remark. Um, but uh, nobody died. I mean, none of the animals have died from it. But they are, um, their argument is that it is a non-lethal dose. So what's the big deal? That we put this drug in our food, and I guess some animals did get sick. Um, salmonella. There was a salmonella and a listeria breakout towards the last of end, the end of last year. So just to, so they're just recalling a bunch of dog food brands, and it kind of pissed me off because their attitude is it's non-lethal. It's within an acceptable amount. What's the big deal? Um, the big deal is what are you doing putting a euthanasia drug in food anyway? Of any level. Yeah, yeah, that's of true. Of any level. So that just, so yeah. That kind of pissed me off. And I'm not a dog fan. Some days I'm not a cat fan either. <laughs> but um, just these are helpless animals. They trust, they trust their humans to take care of them and then... That's what they get. So anyway, it just kind of irritated me. Well, and neither Matthew nor I have any pets, so <laughs> yeah, I I don't have pets. I I I like dogs. I like cats. Uh, they're they're great, and you know I know that some some folks look at uh, you know their pets and think the world of them, and they want to do the best they can for them. So when something like this comes out, and you realize that this is potentially something that you might be giving to your pet and your pet's not going to know any better. Right. That, you know, makes you, makes you kind of stop and ask yourself, well, oh my goodness, what have I been, what have I been doing to my pet for all this time? And if there's any good that will come out of this, then maybe there's going to be some more uh, thought that goes into pet diets from their owners. And hopefully there will be some responsibility that's taken from the, the makers of these uh, these pet food products to remove this uh, this uh, this stuff from from these products because just because it, it's in a non lethal dose doesn't make it okay. It it's that's almost like saying, well, people get food comas. Uh, <laughs> why why not pets? Like no, that, that's a, that's an absurd that's an absurd. Uh, that's an absurd statement. Just because we can do a thing doesn't necessarily follow that we must do that thing. Where have I heard this before? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I didn't. Um, as I said, I'm not really a pet per- person. Um, I I have no. I mean, I have I have no financial means to take care of a pet, and even if I did, I still wouldn't have. It's just. You know, it's a lot of anyway. work. And yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's like it's a commitment. It really is a commitment. It's it's almost like, and, and my mom has told me this, and I don't know if there's a deeper meaning to it, but having a pet is like having ki- having kids. Except uh, if you want to think about it, you don't get the tax breaks for them. So, 
Yeah, that's there's, a good point. There's a same. There's that level of responsibility where you are in charge of this life, and you are responsible for making sure it's well fed. It's it has its uh, vaccinations that it socializes well with the other animals in the playground, and you can teach it to you know be housebroken and not pee all over everything, and well, most of the time. So. <laughs> There's a lot of there is a lot of responsibility that comes into owning it owning an animal like that. It's different if you own, say, a hamster or a fish. That's relatively self-contained. It still has its own set of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But when you have something that is like a dog, like a cat, and not talking necessarily about other animals like equestrians or snakes, or I mean, right, every everything comes with a certain set of responsibilities. And as People learn, you know, when they have pets as kids, it's like, well, it's not just, it's not just a toy. It's not just an accessory. It, it, it has to be treated. It has to be treated well. Otherwise that pet's going to either, you're not going to have a pet very long through one way or another. We, uh, my, my brother and I have been talking, he got a dog for Christmas and, um, he's really, people say that he's kind of hard on animals when he's training them. But he says, you know, but we, for instance, his last dog, who uh, had to be put to sleep last summer because he was just too old, um, quality of life just wasn't there anymore. But when he was young, he or when he was, you know, a year before, you can't leave him alone with children. It was an uh, Australian shepherd. Can't leave him with alone with children because he would herd them. <laughs> uh, his breed of dog is a herding dog, and he would herd children and scare the snot out of young kids. <laughs> you couldn't turn your back on him. Where, so, where could I get this dog? Um, <laughs> Australia, I guess. <laughs> it's an Australian shepherd. Yeah. No, um, the reason why my mom ended up with the reason why the okay. The Australian Shepherd started out as my cousin's dog. My, my cousin had this dog, beautiful animal, but she would run away. And so one day she ran away and he was like, I am not going to go find her. I'm just done. I'm over it. But uh, uh, his, uh, his then wife had a dog and the two dogs competed for attention. And then she got pregnant. And there was no way. They just knew this dog. We called him Doc. We called My brother and I called him Dog. My mom called him Doc. Um, but uh, Dog just was not having any of it being around children. And they knew that that was going to be an issue. And they had to choose one dog or the other. And my cousin was not going to give up his dog until years later when he was just like, I'm done chasing her. I'm just done. Um he became a single father. His his wife was killed and uh, in an accident and some other stuff. So that's how we ended up with the dog. And so my brother just trained it and worked on it and worked on it. And so now he's got this puppy and he's like, okay, I get to start from scratch. Except it, he says he does everything really well except listen to me and do what he's supposed to do when I tell him to do it. So it looks like that he's really hard on the dog, but he, you know, he's just trying to train him when he's young. Right. So 
Um, but that's a big responsibility when the dog, my mom obviously is not going to be able to take care of this dog because it's going to, it's already 80 pounds and it's five months old. Whoa. So it's going to be a big ass dog. And my brother just had to commit to mom. I want a dog. And she's like, but do you have to have that one? (laughs) Because if you don't take care of him, I'm going to end up with him and I can't take care of a dog that big. And uh, so he's he's having to learn that responsibility. So, so kind of, kind of, uh, kind of uh, since we're talking about pets, uh, one of <clears throat> this is kind of tangentially well, it is tangentially related, but kind of one uh, one of my fa- favorite uh, episodes of MythBusters was uh, the myth you cannot cannot hurt cats. Can you hurt a cat? Yeah. <laughs> and so it went went through the whole this whole litany of stuff of them trying trying to get get these cats into I, I'd say like a six six foot by six foot pen or some something of that size. And the answer is uh, no you cannot yeah, hurt the cat, cats. The, the cats were just having none of it. <laughs> and so at uh, the the la- the last bit was the, the last the last segment of their tests was they brought in a sheepdog. Dog that is who is professionally trained to herd animals. And after I I'd, I'd say like 5 10 minutes or so, like all of the cats were backs were arched. <laughs> and they were just standing at attention with just like, look look to their face and the the dog was just mortified <laughs> the dog went and hid behind his owner and, and, with his head down and he wouldn't make eye contact <laughs> he was like ashamed and then I'm sorry. A- after they put the cats a- or you know it sh- showed a uh a shot, shot of him look, looking up like, I, I did good, right? I did good, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get rid of me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's like, no, we don't pay you to herd cats. It's fine. <laughs> so, um... You win this round, cats, but the war's not over. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have a pet, check the recall list and make sure your food has not been recalled. Yeah, just, that's the lesson. You know, well, just research, <laughs> research, not necessarily just recall, but research what you're actually feeding your pets. <laughs> well, and you know, and I think that 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 serves good. You know, you do that. You read labels with your own food. Some of us, um, sometimes. Um, why not take that diligent due diligence with your own food? Why don't you do it with your pet too? If you would do it for yourself. Why not for your pets? Dun 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 dun. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Would you eat the same food Scruffy eats? Would you? No, because my cat eats some nasty stuff and it smells bad. No. <laughs> And yeah, and so um, mo- moving on to our next uh, health related issue. Yes, yes, <laughs> it is a health related issue, actually. Um, I, I know I was certainly blown away by it. Um, I can't speak for my co hosts, but um, at, what was this last weekend or last? I think it, it was, was early, on Sunday early or something. Yeah, it was like Sunday or Monday. Yeah, yeah. he had uh, posted a picture on Instagram of him in a 
in in a hospital bed and saying, yeah, I'm still, you know, still above ground and explained that he had gotten a uh, massive heart attack and at in between shows the night before. We're talking about Kevin Smith, right? Yes. The director, director of uh, Mall Rats acclaim Kevin Smith. <laughs> and of course, most People probably don't, you know, don't, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, Dogma. Dogma. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that, that, well, that too. Yeah. Chasing Amy. <laughs> yeah. Are we, so are we just going to sit here and list off his entire The film man had a heart attack and we're discussing what movie was I great. Would not, I would not lead with mall rats. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, fair, anyway. yeah, okay fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> he didn't either. <laughs> so, but he had, he had, um, it's the, well, I it's the LAD arter, artery that uh, leads into the uh, the actual muscles of one of the main uh, of the chamber that actually sends oxygenated blood to your to the rest of your body. So it's kind of it's well, it's known as the widowmaker. Um, the heart attack, not the muscle, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because if it goes yeah, out, not... if it goes out, then you're done, basically. Yeah, yeah, because then the rest of your body is not going to get ox- oxygenated blood and all, and all that. So one, if that stops working, then you're you're out for the count. And th- this kind of really got um, th- this r- really threw kind of threw me off, off the ra- rails a bit because the guy's only forty; he's forty seven. And, um, I mean, Grant, I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty young, I, I, I think. And, um, and so I, I actually, uh, posted on Instagram, um, a very heartfelt message, uh, in, involving his, uh, his influence on, on me in, in terms of, in terms of podcasting and, 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 and other stuff. So, um, so yeah, definitely check out my Instagram feed. Instagram feed. It's it's relatively near the top because I haven't been too uh, too active. But uh, what what did you two uh, think uh, think of that, or how did you react? What went through my head was it brought me back to a phone call I got, and I'm thinking this was about. A year ago, maybe a year and a half, where Ryan calls me. <laughs> he says, "I just got off the phone with nine one one. If I have to go to the hospital, will you take me to the emergency room?" And I was like, "I'm already in the car. I'm already like half out the door." And I got I got to the house, and an ambulance is leaving. I come around the door to go in the front, you know, go in our go in the door, and you met me at the door. And you were like, it's not life-threatening, they don't think, but just to make sure, let's go get checked out. I took you to the hospital. They put you in triage. It turned out to be nothing to, thankfully. But yeah. that's what I was going through. It was going through my mind that, yes, he's young, but because he's young, I think that's kind of what was going through my head. I was just reliving all of that. Yeah, and just and um, there just to kind of fill in, it, it was it was about a year year and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. I was getting um, irregular um, heartbeat, and um, 
I, I wasn't give, given, you know, the best genetics, as really none of us were. Um, my dad, my biological dad, died of a massive, massive heart attack. I don't know if it was the Widowmaker, but um, I am about four year, uh, three or four years older than how old he was when he died. And on my mom's side of the family, um, there, there's like her, all, all, both, I think both of my aunts and even, and even my grandmother dealt, dealt with, um, arrhythmias. And actually, I think a couple, a couple of them, including my mom, had an ablation in, in which they actually, it's, um, it's not as crude as I'm saying, it's, but it's, um, what uh, a br- taking the branding iron to a certain part of your cauterizing, heart, yeah, cauter, yeah, and so that it doesn't like fire off weird. Um, it's it's a it's a lot more um elegant <laughs> than than just take taking a <laughs> taking a branding iron and put putting it up into someone's heart. That's no, no. That I would I would not suggest that as as it's a little uh, more sophisticated. For, yes, than that. exactly. <laughs> so I, I had all of this going in in through my head. It's like, okay, what if it what if this is the one? And I've never had a heart heart attack. And so I didn't you know, they the doctors at the at Swedish explained, no, this is how it feels when you have a heart attack. When you have this, this, this and this and this and it's like, okay. And, um, so, so that, so that, so just, uh, fill, fill in on that story. So, so what, so how about, uh, you, Matt, Matthew? Well, I, I saw the tweet from, from Kevin Smith. And so it was him in his hospital bed. And if you didn't, know any better you know he had the, uh, the the silent bob expression on his face but so but he's in the hospital so i don't know if that was something to say hey i'm here but i thought he was really calm about the way that he was explaining hey mm-hmm. i was at a show and i was like sweating buckets and i thought maybe i had the flu or whatever and then I decided that I needed to cancel that second show and go to the hospital. And the doctor said if I hadn't have done that, I would have died. Um, just, but he was, it was almost like he was just matter of fact, which is, which is, you get a 50 50 law of averages, you're going to get that kind of reaction from Kevin Smith mm-hmm. when he talks in his everyday life. But I just thought he was really calm. He gave the appearance of being calm, at least. <laughs> right. And I suppose that's maybe that's for his fans to say, "Hey, the situation's under control for them for now." So, uh, I look at it in that uh, you know, time marches on for all of us, and if we don't make the most of what we have now, then. Uh, it's going to be gone before we know it. And that includes to uh, kind of look back at our uh, decisions that we were discussing about the pet food, about making the right kind of decisions that you give to your pets, do the same thing for yourself. And not just from a dietary perspective, but also a whole lifestyle perspective. You know, don't, uh, you know, don't always, don't just 
be sedentary. Go out and enjoy the sun. Go and be active. Go and uh, do do some what, things. What are you, what are you so, trying to say, Matthew? I'm just saying that <laughs> if, life is short. Yeah, make the most of every day you've got. What are you implying here? So make the most of every day you got. And I have to I have to interject here. This is the same man who, uh, when he was having his vertigo issue, and his mom came over. And she's like, okay, I want to, I want to take care of you. I want you to come home for a few days and just so, till you can kind of get your feet underneath you. And he argued with her and he kept saying, but when you die, I have to take care of this on my own. And he said it three, t- three times. And finally she says, do you know something I don't? Am I dying? <laughs> what, what does one have to do with the other? To the best of my knowledge, I'm not dying today. So, yeah, so. I just I have to laugh because he says that about you. But who said that about who? No, when, it, when Ryan says what he was well, implying. Well, well yeah. yeah. Well, I was talking about <laughs> you know sedentary and not and not and you know go outside. And here I've here I've been gaming for quite a lot. So anyway, well, there's a balance in everything. So mm. you know, there's always going to be that time to you know. You know have your gaming time. There's going to be the time to go enjoy the sun. There's going to be that time to, you know, eat that slice of pizza as much as there is to enjoy your salad. So salad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so those decisions, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's also about, you know, your quality, your quality of life and, and happiness. Uh, if, and that's kind of where I was at with this, where, This happened at a really young age for for Kevin Smith, and it made me kind of think of well, of course, I'm still I'm still fairly young, but we're not as old as Kevin Smith. We're not as old as Kevin but Smith. We're getting up there, but I, I don't want to find myself speak for yourself at, at that age in a hospital bed because <laughs> I didn't take care of myself, whether it was from my diet or my lack of exercise or my mental emotional state that kept me from enjoying life and the things that I love and the people I care about. So that's, that's where I'm at with it is I don't want to be in that hospital bed at, in my mid forties. I want to be out and enjoying the sun. I want to be still playing hockey. I want to be laughing with my friends. I don't want to be in a hospital bed. So what do I need to do in order to make sure that I'm not in that hospital bed in my 40s, my 50s, and so on? So that's where that's where I'm at. What kind of decisions can I make now to make some changes where I can have not just a longer life, but a healthier, happier, more fulfilling life? That's that's where I'm at. Well, and there there are there's uh, a couple wrinkles to this story as well. Um, Kevin Smith's dad died of a heart attack. So that that may have uh, played played into played played into him him as well. Um, and I'm going to the I'm going to post a link to uh, an article from uh, USA Today in which Kevin Smith uh, de- kind of g- describes in greater detail about how how he felt what he was feeling at 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 that moment, and he. He said, um, in, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, he, he said that, um, uh, 
you know, look, looking at everything that he's done up to this point in his life, he's been really happy about. And he, he said he felt okay that if this is how it was going to end. And I mean, it felt, he, and he felt calm that, uh, he, he actually did, that he actually did say that, <laughs> that, that, you know, he, he felt good about that, you know, if his, if, if his, if this is how his life ends, he's happy with what with what he did up until up until that point. And so, kind of what I got from it is, you never know when some when um, when someone that's affect affected you positively in some in some way, like as a as a mentor or or you know what or whatever that um, you know you. They're only, they're only going to be around for, for so long. And I, I had recently lost my step, stepfather, as I, as I've mentioned in, uh, previous episodes. And there was, there was a lot that was left unsaid, I think, between both, between both of us for what, for whatever reason. And so I, you know, while he, while Kevin Smith is still, you know, on, on this earth, um, you know, I wanted to make sure it's, you know, say, Hey, this is how, this is how you being you af- affected, you know, my, my creative choices and, and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> I think, um, well, real quick, uh, he said he felt accomplished and that he felt calm with where he's, what he's done with his life. So if that was the end then he was fine, I'm not. If I'm in the hospital bed, I'm not. I am not there. I have more things I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I have more things that I want to accomplish, and I am not there. Me neither. So credit to him for reaching that point in his life where he's satisfied and at peace, if you will, with where he, what he's done. I'm not. I have goals, and I have I have benchmarks I want to set for myself. And I am not there. I am not anywhere close to being there. And I don't want to make an early exit without at least getting a few of those done. Yeah. Same here. So anyway, move, <laughs> moving on. Uh-huh. I think I, th- I think th- <laughs> that was I think, morbid. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was dealing with someone facing death. So yeah, um, so let's kind of like lift it up here. Um, so we're gonna talk uh, more about the Olympics, which actually I'll I'll add that uh, being um, what's that? I can't hear you. You're going in and out. Okay. Um, you good? I'm out. Okay. How about how about here? Here. That. Hint. Right here. Yeah, we're good. Okay. 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 I think that break came at the right time because we were kind of getting into some heady stuff. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Thank you, technology. Switching gears. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> and actually being next, kind of diving neck neck deep into the Olympics. Well, it's a winter neck Olympics. Deep? Yeah. <laughs> just a, just about. Um, <laughs> it really helped helped me kind of pull myself out of the depression, just because of like the 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 
off the rink story, so to speak, <laughs> or the stories behind the athletes. So uh, one, the uh, first one I want to talk about was uh, 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 ski, uh, snowboarder from uh, Czech Republic, Esther Ledeshka. And she actually got two gold medals in, um, in one, one was in snowboarding parallel grand slalom and the super G, um, on skis. Now, at any athletic level, whether you're just someone that goes up to go skis, you know, one, once a year or, you know, or what, or, you know, you're actually professional, but, you know, um, when you're dealing with, you know, snowboarding versus skiing, it's a totally, it's two different, um, skill sets that don't necessarily transfer. I mean, you know, when you're talking about muscle memory, as far as how you do turns and, you know, that, that kind of stuff, it, you're, you're, when you're snowboarding, you're operating different, different muscle groups that in different ways than when you're skiing. And so she's mostly a snowboarder and she just, she, you know, she, she does uh, compete in the, in the super G just not, it's not her, it's not her main event. And so she, you know, she made it, made it to the final round. She, fin- she finishes her, um, that finishes her her run and stops looks at the scoreboard and she's just total she's just totally baffled because she beat the fir- the the she was the last skier of the day and the the and she she beat out she beat everyone out by like a hundredth of a second and i i just i just thought that was so the look on her face was priceless oh absolutely um i'll def i'll definitely look on youtube to see to see the, i don't see why there wouldn't be but um there there definitely should be a youtube a youtube video uh, just of her reaction to winning the super g and because she like like looking at the scoreboard like wait is something broken uh, I think the timer broke. Um, is that, is that really my score? Um, is, is that, wait. And, and, you know, the camp, cameraman that's down there at, at the, at the finish line goes, it was like, can you, you know, act? And, uh, she, she wasn't expecting to be anywhere near the podium. Um, be, and she didn't put on any makeup. So she did her the little press thing af- afterwards, still wearing her her ski goggles because <laughs> she didn't she didn't want people to you know because this is a pretty big stage where you got millions of people watching, you know she didn't want to appear on there without you know knowing that she was looking good as you know with no instead of no makeup so which is funny because you wear makeup and then you get it wet anyway. With snow, to me, it's just, I don't know. Of course, I don't leave the house without makeup, so I get it. <laughs> I get it. Well, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure that, you know, they have make makeup that deals with that kind of stuff, well, like water- sweat and, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just wanted to, it's just, it, it's just lovely to see, you know, that, that kind of, uh, Gen- genuine reaction out of someone mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 
And um, the next next one I want to talk about was the U.S. versus uh, Canada women's hockey uh, final. Um, and uh, Matt, I, I, have you had a chance to watch that game? I missed this game because I was actually at a concert that night. So... However, on the other hand, uh, when the concert got out, the yeah, I uh, had I had to watch it recorded as well. the The overtime was going, so oh, you oh, you got the best part of the game. <laughs> well, I I didn't watch the overtime either, so I <laughs> I ended up get out. I was gonna <laughs> say, I'm, I'm, just, no I'm just kidding. Friends, <laughs> I'm kidding. Just... <laughs> Well, I so, got a bucket list to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, you were so totally. the so the overtime was going on when the concert was out. Yeah, I I, I saw the overtime was still happening, uh, and when I got home is when I got the uh, the notice that the United States won in the shootout for the gold medal. So I stared at my phone and I said, "Huh, they won," and. So I, I got to I got to see the uh, the the shootout uh, uh, the shootout leading goal the shoot mm-hmm. the, the shootout winning goal and then the shootout winning save. So I immediately got to uh, see that right away, and I thought, "Wow, oh, that I can is... I can watch I can watch that on a mm-hmm. loop just all day." That was such an amazing shootout shot. No kidding. I I thought, "Holy smoke!" I would have I would have felt exactly like uh, Shannon Zabados did. In, in that crease, being completely deked to deked the fuck out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was just an amazing shootout attempt. I thought that was and the it, women's hockey, the U.S. women's hockey hadn't won since 1998. 1998. 1998. In Nagano. Yep. Yep. So to 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 see it it it, it was it was a it was a beautiful it was a beautiful shootout. Oh. Yeah. It was it wasn't the, just a bland all right I'm just going to skate in straight on and I'm just going to pick a corner or I'm just going to do like a one two move. It was right. Like, it I can't it even describe it. You just have to see that. And and then, a, and, and actually in uh in interviews that I saw with uh Lamorellos um they actually yeah they they actually gave it a name. Called "Oops, I Did It Again." I heard about that. <laughs> like the head, the head shake is the "Oops," and then you know, I um, it, and then the the deke, the fake fake shot deke is "I did it," I, and then scoring it was again. <laughs> All right. Well, I I've never won a gold medal, so I I guess if I did, I would name whatever shoot up move I did whatever I wanted to. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they well, yeah, they they earned it in my opinion. <laughs> and just the save. I mean, the shootout shot was one thing, but you have to appreciate the beauty of the shot as much as the beauty of the save. And the oh, yeah. save was simple. This it, it, from the crowd perspective, it was it was just a very simple basic mm-hmm. goaltender save, but with Having been in a crease and you don't know what a shooter is thinking, you yeah. have to try and just read that shot as best as you can. And for and for the the goaltender to do that, unfortunately, her name is escaping me right now. But uh, I know her last her last name is Rudy. Like like uh, or 
to, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> for a 20-year-old a, a from, uh, yeah. from uh, Minnesota to just have that calm and that ability to just stay with that shot in a gold medal game after it went the full 60 minutes mm-hmm. into overtime, into the shootout, bonus shootout, yeah. and then still have that composure to still make that very last key move that last play that you as a goaltender you live for those moments that Mm -hmm. is as much as the shot was beautiful the save was just as beautiful too i agree yeah and for those women just hats off to them stick tap for 20 years of trying to get back to that point Mm -hmm. and having to Look at the Canadians who won four straight golds and and say, well, this this is our this, it's our moment now, and it's a nice uh, it, it's it's a nice way to kind of feel that sense of accomplishment for the U.S. women's hockey program, who, as we discussed in a, in an earlier podcast, went and uh, went on strike. Because mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't getting the the funding and the paid you know and the payments that they needed to do their right to, to perform their craft. So from there to gold, that's wow. Yeah, what do you say about that other than just you're speechless? And the and the fact that it was the the women's hockey just i enjoyed it that much more however i have to tell you the czech republic men's hockey um i enjoyed watching them and when they played against canada now i couldn't exactly root for the czech republic but (laughs) (laughs) i do have to say that i enjoyed watching them play um and I don't think I watched them play against the United States. I think it was Canada that uh-huh. that we watched. And then the Czech Republic also played against, I want to say Slova- Slovenia, but Slovakia. Slovakia. No, I think Slovakia was in a different group. Um, the Slovakian team, though, watching them play too. Um, and just a little background asshole that name which we do not speak um he ended up in slovakia for a while for all i know he's still over there but um yeah so it was kind of the men's the men's hockey i'm not saying that it wasn't interesting to me but watching the women's hockey was it was not on par and i think a big part of that was Maybe in some people's minds, the foregone conclusion it was going to be um, uh, Canada versus the United States for the for the gold for the women's. That that was almost essentially right. the, the foregone conclusion mm-hmm. that was going to happen. With so that was the the storyline for the women's side, but for the men's side, of course, it was all about well, there's no NHL players here, and what are we, what what's going to happen with the men's? Well, if you're an Olympic athlete from Russia. <laughs> the NHL's loss was your gain because you won a gold medal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I kind of wanted to um, circle back to that as far as uh, discussion of uh, NHL players not participating in the Olympics. 
And one one would gather, and they would be correct, that my position on our previous episode was that NHL should allow players to play. Now, having watched the Olympics, I I can see how how you know that you don't with with professional with NHL players you don't necessarily get all of these little stories um, necessarily um, you you don't well f- well for for instance in you know 1980 if the if the NHL allowed, allowed players to win you wouldn't necessarily have gotten you know a uh, 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 Craig for uh, for for Net or Ruzioni or or any any of those players, he certainly wouldn't have been able to. Even if some of the players that actually were on the U.S. 1980 team did make it, uh, would if NHL players were allowed to play, you certainly wouldn't have gotten them in that in the configuration that they did play in with that coach. And so, it, I mean, I can, I can, I can definitely see how we've, you know, I can definitely see both both sides of the coin, and I will go so far as to say that if NHL players did play, Germany Germany wouldn't have got, gotten to the medal round. Absolutely, I, I don't, I don't think Germany would have gotten out of group play because um, kind of give a little backup or kind of like a uh, background story they um the germany has gotten two two medals in hockey and what i think one was in 1926 or 32 or something like that and the the other one was in 1976 and they were both bronze in 2006 uh in torino they didn't win any games 2010 in Vancouver, they didn't win any games, and they didn't even qualify for Sochi. So Germany's not exactly a hockey powerhouse, <laughs> and they and on their way to playing for the gold medal, they beat Sweden and Canada. Mm-hmm. And ev- even without NHL players, you know they they still got some pretty darn good players. They had four, Canada especially had former NHL players on their roster, right? And and so they they eventually lo- lost to the Russians, and it was interesting seeing the dichotomy of the reaction of the women's of the Canadian women's hockey team against the German German men's hockey team you know the the Canadian women were you know they were all teary eyed and all, and all this Germ- the um well I, well I after 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 the Russians scored the game winning goal in uh in shootout Marco Sturm the uh their head coach Pulled, pulled them all in and and I can pretty much tell you that I well they they didn't have a mic or anything and um and I have no um I have no real evidence that this this is what took place but I'm pretty pretty sure that he would have said something along the lines of you know the the results of of this game has nothing to do with what you guys did did in this tournament the numbers don't determine your ability right 
And right. I mean, they. I mean, the, there there were many. I I yeah. I watched that that game uh, as as well. And there were many points where Germany was was totally controlling the flow of the game. And to see, I mean, just regardless of what the score actually was, um, to see them bottleneck the Russians to the out to the to the perimeter and limit limit their shots. I mean, I was just wow. I was I was blown away. And you know, credit credit definitely goes to to their uh, to Marco Sturm and and his uh, and and the and the other coaches, but. Um, when when they were given their sil- silver medals, the the Germans actually you know they were holding holding them up as of yeah we wo- we got a silver medal, <laughs> and um, I I actually, I actually while the uh, while they were giving the silver medals to the wim- on the women's side, one of the Canadian players immediately took it off, and I was a bit peeved about peeved by that, but you know I. You know, I can un- I can un- kind of understand, but um, but yeah, I I was just kind of um, did did you have a chance to watch the German Germany uh, Olympic ath- against Olympic athletes of Russia? I did not see that game either. <laughs> um, no, so <laughs> I don't I don't I I want to try and preface this in the best way I possibly can, but with, and I mentioned this last time that you don't get these kinds of stories. If you have the professional athletes in, in play, it's, it's going to be the, the other storylines is hockey. Is hockey Canada continue going to continue its dominance? Who's going to be the, um, who's going to emerge out of the Nordic countries? Is it going to be Sweden? Is it going to be Finland? Who's it going to be? Is Russia going to continue going to struggle coming into a, uh, into metal contention and what about the United States? All of that gone mm-hmm. because now you have Germany going into play for a gold medal, and then you have the Russians who have been historically bad for, over recent mm-hmm. Olympics playing for a gold medal. So you have, in one sense, a lot of pride in getting as far as you did if you're the German national team. And then if you're an Olympic athlete from Russia, who athletes were not even allowed to compete under their own flag. Right. Win a gold medal. And you don't, you don't get that. You don't get those sorts of things Mm -hmm. with the, the allure, if you want to use that term for Uh having the NHL players participate in the Olympics. It's just going to be, it's going to be Canada. It's going to be and whoever Canada Canada beats. Right. Because of just how crazy good Canada hockey Canada men's is. So to to kind of pivot off of that point about the strength of hockey Canada and then you have the reaction of the, the of hockey Canada women losing to the United States, there was already that uh, presumption that after four straight golds, you're Oh, yeah. Going to bring back a fifth one, and then you don't in a shootout that against you know the other hockey titan that's trying to say, you know, we weren't just a one off back in '98. We're a strong program, mm-hmm. and they did it, and they got a lot of. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, they got a lot of. Uh, they, I think, the victory for the you for the women, uh, which stands completely on its own merit because oh, they yeah. earned that. Oh yeah. They absolutely earned that. 
had it had the men been in there, I don't think there would have been as much focus, which is in in many ways it's not fair. Mm-hmm. So for without the distraction of the NHL players and to have the U- U.S. women mm-hmm. have their moment in in the spotlight, I think I think was great to see. And as much as I would have liked to have seen the NHL players play, I think this overall result was better for it. I I I, I, I yeah I definitely agree. I mean if the if the if the you know as far as like player selection and player development for for the Olympics in, in with and I'm talking specifically U, USA hockey. <laughs> I can't speak anything about Canada's program, but um, but if if given a longer timeline to kind of develop players, develop a system and pick, you know, not all that kind of stuff. I think we definitely would have seen, uh, well, at least, at least the U S team team would have, would have done, done better because the roster that they had, the players only played together when they got to South Korea. They didn't, they, and I, I think a number of them were only, uh, notified that they were going to the Olympics, like, maybe, like a couple months prior. <laughs> May, you know, that, so that's kind of the shortened timeline we were look, looking at. If, um, if, you know, the NHL just says, no, we're really not, we're really, you know, you know, you guys do your thing. We're going to have our Stan- Stanley Cup. And, you know, the, the other, you know, the, the various hockey programs in the in the different countries would would figure it out, I think, and then then every every player would kind of make up their own mind as to whether they want to play for a Stanley Cup, or go play or make or play in another league, make less make less money but still a working wage, and have a chance to represent your country in the Olympics. That you know, to, every, every play, player is different. So, um, but I but I think without NHL players involved, it it definitely it it definitely um, le- levels the levels the playing field in in which you you do get uh, teams like Ger- countries like Germany playing playing for a gold medal. And that it's not, um, I, I don't want to go, I don't want to say that one is better than the other as far as NHL players playing in the Olympics versus, you know, the other. Um, it's just, they're, they're different. I, I get, I get different enjoyment out of, out of seeing some, um, like quote unquote amateurs or, um, or none or whatever, um, can competing to, you know, play for their country ver- versus, you know, versus the, uh, versus the other side. So. I think what makes the Olympics exciting for a lot of spectators, myself included, is those little backstories. Is that, and, and I know that, you know, we make fun of curling that watching women play is well, really maybe you do way more interesting <laughs> than watching men. But we watched the mixed oh. mixed up. Was it mm-hmm. the mixed? Well, I, I don't know. That was really early, early on. No, it was towards the end. We were watching when we watched it, um, the mixed. Um, well, mixed doubles is one woman, one man. Mm-hmm. You're watching They're... the mixed double. Okay. Of, uh, curling 
And that was just, it was, it was, um, watching the men, what I, what I, <laughs> I guess what I realized about curling in particular is that is the one sporting event or the one event in the Olympics where older athletes, um, dominate rather than you get the young ones. And mm -hmm. so it's just, you know, so you get, there's something for everybody, I think, and not necessarily like, usually I watch, usually I watch the ice, the ice skating. Usually mm -hmm. I watch the, especially the pairs. I like the, but this year, this year, I just, I couldn't, that wasn't what excited me. What excited me was more the stories about the snowboarders or the skeleton. I was obsessed with the skeleton because how crazy do you have to be to get it in your head? Okay, here's a tobogganing run. Throw yourself on a skateboard face down on the toboggan run and That's see what happens. <laughs> and see what happens. I mean, how crazy do you have to be? And I thought, you know, curling comes from drunken scotsman okay well who what lunatic came up with skeleton um so that you know those kind of things are just it, it's those are what drew me in this year rather than in years past it's always been the ice skating or the, because there's a lot of pageantry to that and mm -hmm. so i don't know it's just and maybe because i'm older now and i'm way more interested in hockey i'm way more interested in that kind of you know th th i had something to focus in on i guess where in years past but i just couldn't get i guess my my interest shifts mm -hmm. well as does bit. everyone's yeah but usually i watch at least one ice skating event which you did and we watched one and i i couldn't pay that close of attention to it yeah, the on the only figure skating that I pay any kind of attention to is the pairs, mm -hmm. because then for for me the real thing is the the chemistry between these between the two skaters. Mm -hmm. It's not the actual activity itself. It's just it's here. It was just it was learning about the stories of what they of what they went through to get to that point. When I watch when I watch the pair skating, I don't so much i don't really pay attention to the score it's that it is that chemistry mm -hmm. it's the facial expression the it's that it's that kind of thing that i've always been drawn to so i guess but this year i just wasn't and i didn't watch that much curling usually i no. do usually i watch more but um this year was i was fixated on hockey so I guess that's what happens when you live with a <laughs> hockey player. <laughs> so. so do you have any final, final thoughts uh, about the Olympics before we move on? There's already discussion about Beijing in uh, 20, uh, 2022 regarding mm -hmm. the participation of the NHL. The, uh, the commissioner has not yet stated whether they will go or not, but he's already leaning towards uh, keeping the players out. So if if that is the case, then I r eagerly anticipate more storylines yeah. with uh, what's going to happen in four years in the wake of the Olympic athletes from Russia winning their gold, Germany getting to uh, 
getting getting into the gold medal game and, and taking home a silver and what Hockey Canada is going to do in the wake of their their bronze for mm-hmm. the men's and their silver for the women's. There's some gonna there's going to be some oh, very yeah. interesting storylines just from those three, not to not right. to mention what's gonna happen with some of the other heavy hitters in, in hockey like the Swedes who were Nowhere to be seen. Oh, yeah. They were knocked out in the quarterfinals. <laughs> and the U.S. men's, nowhere to be seen. And how the, the U.S. women will approach 2022 in, in Beijing being gold medalists now that they're at, you know, at the top. It, it, it's a whole bunch of fascinating storylines that will be really compelling to see. So... If the NHL stays out, well, we've got plenty of intrigue without you. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I, I don't. I mean, there. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. That even though there are no NHL, I mean, there's still plenty of you know in, engaging ta- hockey ta- talent out out there, and there's there's enough there's enough in def- yeah there's definitely enough in intrigue in just it's again it's just different. You know, it, it's like a Coke or Pepsi type of type of thing, and in, in in which it's just you know, it's like oh, it's, it, it's just a matter of taste, <laughs> in 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 the end. So, and um, just kind of uh, just to wrap, wrap us out here, uh, Scarlett, uh, you there is another uh, hum, human interest story that you wanted to. Yeah, talk there about. was a. This was just on. Uh, uh, NPR on Friday, um, there were two 93-year-old twin sisters who go to all the CU Buffs, which is the college, um, Colorado University Buffs, um, all their football games. And they've gone, and they've been football fans, they've been the Buffs plant fans since 1940. They're 93 wow. years old. They dress identically. Um, they, they said that they've always done that up until when they got married and had families, um, cause it was impractical at that point. And then when they both became widows, they started doing it again and, um, they see each other every day, but they don't live together and, um, they go to all the CU buff games. I just thought that was interesting. And to hear them, you know, you think, okay, well, usually when you talk to somebody, a 93 year old, you may not think that they're mental. They're, mm-hmm. they're not as sharp mentally. Right. These, these ladies were on it. Um, Peggy and Betty are their first names. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, Peggy and Betty. But uh, it was just... There, it was, there's your new comedy duo, folks. It, it, <laughs> Peggy it sounds, and Betty. In your head, it sounds exactly like this story would have Peggy and Betty as the names of these two identical uh, names. It uh-huh. sounds perfect. And, and, and then, yeah, let's, you know... and uh, They interviewed both of them, and they both, had, they both, you know, were telling the story, different parts of the story, and you could tell that there's nothing wrong with their minds. And uh, so it's just kind of fun. Yeah, some someone's need someone needs to get get them set, set up with uh, like uh, like a com- like a sports based comedy show or something, <laughs> where or sports based funny talk show, where they they just kind of go off blog. on their own little ramp. They should blog. And- they should blog about the CU Buffs. I think that they uh, they should uh, they should have their own podcast. I really think that they would get a lot of people. No, you you, you got to do video. 
Yeah, with them because yes, because the the identical. Yeah, and I guess that it's very. Um, they're very bright colors. Orange. <laughs> you know, very. Uh huh. So yeah, that's an unusual color choice, given that the school's colors are black and gold. <laughs> I yep. know, right? They wear they wear orange too, but they they have those little pom poms that are gold. Okay. So they fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So it's kind of just kind of fun. It's nice to that's nice to see. That's uh, you have two that. Uh, now, did the article say that they were a CU alum or that they were just no? Fans? What had happened is they were they they were. I want to say, I want to say Oklahoma, but I know it's wrong. Um, it's on the no, they're the, they were like in the um, East Coast somewhere, and um, their family had always been into football, and then they moved to Colorado when they were back in 1940, and um, that's how they got acquainted with the CU Buffs because. Um, as a family, they went to the games. And so that's kind of how they got. It, it, although, because they did it, they did the interview. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they may have gone to CU. But I don't, I don't remember if that's actually a true statement. But they did. But they've, they've gone to games since they, 1940. That's that's they've, that's so, commitment. They've seen a lot of football. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's amazing. So, so I thought that was just fun, not only because of their age, but because they're twins, and you know, mm-hmm. it's a bonding thing. It's a bonding yeah. thing, exactly, exactly. And it was just it was it's just fun, and to listen to little snippets of them telling their stories that was fun too. So if you get a chance, go on NPR, find the story. And uh, I'm sure it won't be difficult to find. And um, yeah, so it's fun. And hope hopefully uh, next next hopefully uh, this coming fall we'll be watching the Peggy and Betty show. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there, folks. You know. So um, wow, wow, we've been going on, we've been yapping on for a while. So um, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Um, so whoa, a little okay. There we go. Okay, <laughs> learn it as we go, folks. So I do. Uh, we do appreciate uh, you listening. So I do thank thank you uh, uh, for for continuing to download and listen listen to us blather and ramp ramble on as I'm doing now. <laughs> so um, we do appreciate any feedback. So please comment using the channels found on the contact page at hovpodcast.net. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and hopefully soon again, Google Player TuneIn. Thank you.